Hello and good day, everyone. This is Kevin Finkel here with another episode of Magic the Final Frontier. This is episode number 55. As always on this podcast, we'd like to keep our listeners up to date with what is new, powerful, and interesting in the world of Frontier. And my name is Ryan Schwenk. I am the Japan hobbyist out of Tokyo, Japan. All right, so the topic today we have is going to be a bit of a fun one. So something I talk about quite a bit with Frontier is how it's great how many options we have in our card choices. So when I think about something like Fiery Temper versus Wild Slash versus Lightning Strike, those are all cards that do a similar role, but they all have strengths and weaknesses. If I were playing a format like Modern, we have Lightning Bolt, so none of those other options ever get thought about because there's, there's one strictly better card. And that's kind of what we want to talk about today, is we're going to talk about the other side of that with Frontier, are what are some of the cards that we always are the go-to. Mm-hmm. You know, they're a little bit too strong, they're keeping other interesting cards from seeing play. So these may not be cards that are completely overpowered, but because they're in the format, we're not playing other cards that we might be. They're, they're just the go-to best mm-hmm. card. Yeah, so what cards are overused? Is, and that, that's what I'd like to talk about first, but also I'd like to talk about if we take out this card, or if we don't use this card, what could we play in its place? Yeah, and I think that that's the kind of other framing that we like for this topic, is that especially if Wizards of the Coast were to pick this format up one day and they would ban out a couple of things, mm-hmm. would we still be seeing XXX be played? Or would we be seeing some other things be played instead? So we're going to talk a little bit about bannings here. You know, we're always kind of hesitant to be like, this is overpowered, this should be banned. Mm-hmm. We don't want to tell anyone what they can't play and i think overall the format is very fair there's a lot of things you can play and still be competitive so we're, we're going to stay a little bit away from banning but at the same time be like hey what if we did ban this what would that do yeah what would the effect on frontier be mm-hmm. okay so do you want to start us off or i think we we kind of shared our list earlier we have a lot of similar cards yeah so i think one of the big ones that we probably could talk about and should talk about is dig through time Uh, It's pretty much the de facto draw card in blue, and I think it's a great example of the kind of card we're talking about. Now, I don't think Dig Through Time is too powerful. I think it's a strong card in Frontier. I think that only certain decks really want it, and that is a big weakness of it, but um, I don't think this card is at all ban-worthy. But, that said, I think there's a lot of interesting draw cards in Frontier that we aren't seeing play because Dig Through Time is just a little bit better. Yeah, it's just overwhelmingly strong compared to the other choices. And mm-hmm. Especially with like Fetch Lands and Search for Kanta, there's just so much energy that let you draw too. You know, looking at seven, you know, in super quick, like super early in the game, which can kind of be kind of off-putting for people that are trying to play a fairy game. They're like, oh, okay, you got your, your win condition, you got your, you know, uh, your answer. Yeah, and then the other thing that compares it to it, the fact that it can be flashed back with Gear Hulk really makes it so if we had you know a sorcery speed draw five or something like that mm-hmm. I don't know it wouldn't really see play because we'd still really want that Gear Hulk synergy with it. Mm-hmm. So it's also probably why the control decks are playing it over Treasure Cruise, which yeah you just wouldn't be able to flash back in the same way. So what would you play in its place? You know if we couldn't use this so. A big one is the uh, the energy draw spell, uh, Glimmer of Genius. Mm-hmm. I-, I think that's a strong card. You know, it's scry true to draw to add to energy. And I think that some of the energy decks would love to... Like, I'd love to be playing a controlling energy deck, but I can't really find a slot for that card 
when I'm also playing Dig Through Time, and I don't want to give up the Gear Hulks. Now, what I know that was in standard during Kaladesh. Uh, what did the like Esper energy decks use the energy for? Um, so they can use it for Harness Lightning is always good. Okay, so like a Jeskai build. Yeah, that's usually a strong card, and it's a nice controlling spell. Uh, other than that, I mean, I wouldn't mind doing something like Dynavolt Tower. I think mm-hmm. it's a very interesting card that could theoretically be a good control shell. Mm-hmm. I uh, Another four-mana instant that I had on my list uh, that could see play instead of Dig Through Time is Chemistry's Insight, which just got yes. uh, uh, printed, I believe, in what? Guilds of Ravnica, so it was draw so that was two. jumpstart, so yeah. it was just uh, Guilds of Ravnica. Yeah, draw two and then jumpstart, so you you can draw four from it basically. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you were talking about Treasure Cruise. You know, you said Treasure Cruise doesn't see play because of Dig Through Time. Would you play Treasure Cruise in the place of Dig Through Time in a control deck? I think I would, but I think that then Gear Hulk I would be looking at a lot less interested in. Yeah, because Gear Hulk Gear Hulk is um, only instance, right? Yeah, it's only instance, so I would have to be a good reason to be on that. Maybe I would want to look at other tap-out spells that I'd be looking at more to fairies and scarab mm-hmm. gods and uh, other things like that, which would convince me to tap out on my turn rather than wanting to hold up counter spells, hold up removal, mm-hmm. which is right now the deck, the, the, the way that blue gets to play right now. Yeah. Um, what about smaller um, mana, not mana, sorry, smaller... Um... I don't know how to say it. Smaller cards, like uh, Anticipate. Oh, I, I did have one more that I'm interested in, and I actually haven't tried, so maybe I shouldn't say no one's going to play it, but Precognitive Perception is the new one. It's draw three, and if you do it in your main phase, you scry three first. Mm-hmm. And that's a five-mana instant. And I think it's worth looking at, but it's probably going to end up being just a little worse than Dig Through Time. But what what about cards like Anticipate, though? Hmm. Like, look they at three, fit a very different one. role. So I wouldn't want that in the same kind of role because what i really want with dig through time is that i want to be trading one for one i want to be removing countering every spell and then i want dig through time to be okay now i've got more gas when you're just anticipating you're getting one card for one card so if you find a counter spell you counter one thing their next thing you don't have an answer for all right then how about x mana spells like pull from tomorrow Yes, those are definitely being kept down right now. Pull from Tomorrow is very interesting. I think we're not seeing enough um, expansion explosion mm-hmm. because of Dig Through Time. Yeah, both of those I think would be playable instead of Dig Through Time. Yeah, and there's even um, some fun things out there like Dragonlord's Prerogative. Mm-hmm. The four is that six mana and instant, I believe. Yeah, and it's draw four, and if you have a dragon in play or in your hand, it's uncounterable. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> All right. All right, next card. What do you want to choose? What do you want to talk about next? Oh, why don't you go ahead, because I picked uh, Dig Through Time. Uh, Smuggler's Copter. Everyone always talks about Smuggler's Copter being, like, the most oppressive card in the format. Yes, it's it's tough. Like, I definitely have a love-hate relationship with Smuggler's Copter in the format, because it enables a lot of things. I think there's a lot of decks that just wouldn't be able to be as competitive without it. Um, a lot of the aggro decks would never stand a chance against control without it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time... There's a lot of removal, there's a lot of creatures, there's almost whole strategies which just can't compete because Copter's in the format and it's prevalent in the format. Yeah, I mean, if you're not playing push and command, then you're pretty mm-hmm. much dead to, to, to Copter. Yeah, I think it makes the white sweepers a lot worse, it makes any sorcery speed removal a lot worse, and it makes green ground creatures quite a bit worse, yeah. I think. Okay, so let's imagine we take out Copter. What cards 
could we see in the various aggro decks instead? I think, okay, so I, I was thinking from the other end, one of the biggest cards that I know is a very strong card. It was huge in standard, sees almost no frontier play, is Declaration in Stone. Mm-hmm. Okay, that becomes better, I guess, if you don't need it. That removal. becomes way better, yeah. <laughs> it would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm in, so specifically, if I'm in a Tarka, I think I can survive. I think that I can go to either more token makers or I can go to other two drops I couldn't play before. Something like Runaway Steamkin isn't mm. seeing very much play, but Earthshaker Kenra. It probably could be. Yeah, Earthshaker Kenra is a great card. Maybe Kari Zev. Can see more. The Mentor. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kari Zev is reasonable. Maybe it doesn't fill the same role, but there are other good two drops and there's other good just spells for that deck that are not quite seeing play because it's so streamlined right mm-hmm. now. So that's actually where I'm kind of saying that, like, if we banned Copter, a Tarka would not really get much worse in the yeah. format, but some of the decks that fight it, like Abzan, would get worse by a more significant chunk, as well as the Vehicles decks would really be hurting. Yeah. Um, if you want cards that would take, how do I say, that would kind of give you some card advantages as well, I think Abbot of Carol Keep would see more play again. That hasn't seen really yes, any I missed that now. card. But that's a good card to have. Um, another one would be the new card, uh, Rick's Maddie Reveler which is, like, mm-hmm. I believe, discard a card when it comes into play and draw a card. And it, Yeah, you, that one's nice because it's a 2-2. Two, two. And I believe... Uh, it, you can also, for four... Yeah. Uh, two, uh, and a white, uh, two, a red, and a black, it can spectacle in, and then you discard all your hand and draw three. So that's the red cards. What about non-red cards that could see maybe more play? You know, if you know mm-hmm. we didn't have uh, a Smuggler's Copter. Interesting. So I feel like maybe things like Sylvan Advocate mm-hmm. would be the lords of the ground again, just because you can't simply fly over his head. Do you think like Den Protector might see more play again? Uh, no, that's still a pretty slow card. It, it's really a five drop most of the time because you don't want to play it for less than, you know, mm-hmm. being able to flip it right away. How about the new uh, Growth Chamber Guardian? I mean, that card I think is good. Uh, I don't know if that needs to be copter out of the way for it to see some play. Yeah. The green hasn't really seen any play at all recently just because there's better aggro decks out there. Basically red. Yeah, the, definitely that's true. I don't think there's been very much in the way of green aggro decks. So maybe something, maybe go one bigger and say the um, Steel Leaf Champion. Mm-hmm. That kind of deck might see a more play. Yeah. Oh, another one more card I wanted to talk I I think is being kept back is like the Mono White Humans deck. Just because red's like mm-hmm. just the better overall faster uh, aggro deck. But like cards like Glory Bound Initiate you know don't really yeah, see and a I think of any play. kind of tribal strategy that you know a lot of tribal strategies zombies is a good aggro deck mm-hmm. but it kind of wants copter because copter is so good yeah so if copter was gone it'd be, you'd be more incentivized to be playing all zombies or all humans mm-hmm. or all vampires something like that it would be more viable in the format yeah. okay um next card your choice all right so i'm going to go a little bit bigger and i'm going to say emercol yeah um yep and i'm talking almost more about hard casting maybe than marveling to play which is i think more where people see it a, a lot of time when i'm thinking about a deck or i'm talking about a deck it's like hey you know i could do this really unfair thing on turn six turn seven turn eight but the question always has to become if i'm doing that kind of shell why doesn't my turn seven play just be emerald and win the game well in so i'm talking about cards like is it lost legacy mm-hmm. the one that draws you a ton of cards from your graveyard there's uh lost legacy uh is the one that exiles uh oh no yeah non-artifact right. um, card 
I'll come back to it. It's the green, like, six mana one that draws a, a brings back a card from your graveyard of each different mana cost. Oh, Seasons Past? Yes, Seasons Past. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. So something like that, uh, something like if I were to play Brisella, mm-hmm. that is a fun shell I'd love to play, but it's not really... I could just play Emrakul in that spot. Um, even some of the big... Even things like Ugin hasn't been seeing very much play because you could go for that same mana cost, you can definitely cast an Emrakul. Yeah, Emrakul usually, was it six mana in the Delirium shells? That it yeah, it depends. It... Um, six to seven mana is usually reasonable. Mm-hmm. I've gotten it down to, I think, five. Yeah, I mean, in, in it, six to, I mean, seven eight turns isn't too scary. But once it did hit the... Sure, I don't think that it's dominating the format right now, yeah. but I think that there are other top-end... Oh yeah, decks that could be fun to play. I think if Emrakul wasn't just a better option, yeah. I think we can also lump in Ulamog in this, like just both of the Eldrazi together. Hmm. I think so. I really don't see much Ulamog. So actually, Ulamog would fit in the category for me of things that you know I'd love to ramp up, play a green ramp deck, get all the way up to Ulamog. Hmm. But I could just be going to Emrakul instead, and that seems like a better option. You know, for less mana, I could be getting Emrakul. Well, like, the problem with Emrakul, or sorry, with, with Ulamog, is that if someone plays it, it's pretty much game over. Like, no one's really playing, you know, Exile effects other than maybe Vraska's Contempt. Yeah, there's Vraska's Contempt. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything much else that gets seen. But, you know, if you're playing it turn 7, turn 8, that's just not going to be fast enough in the format. Yeah, I guess it'd still be fair. So other mm-hmm. big cards, like you said, you already talked about Brunoff. Um, I think a lot of the dragons would also see more play, like Dragonlord Atarka. Yeah, I could see Atarka in there. I could see some of the... I mean, you know, I've got some silly ramp targets that I love to play. Um, Things like um, Overwhelming Splendor mm -hmm. or Sandor Convergence, Ugin. Uh, Galta hasn't really seen any play. 12-12 Trample, I mean, that's nasty, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe we could also see uh, the Metalwork Colossus decks back. Yeah. You know, with... Although currently I think they like Emrakul, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just me because I like running uh, Ugin's Nexus. I mean, we, we have some really good fatties now. Like, uh, we just got Polaka Worm. You know, 7-7, seven, seven, mm-hmm. Trample, gain 7 life, draw a card when it dies. I mean, that's great. I would not mind playing that. You know, or like Although you know I like out. more than that. I think I like Hydroid Crassus more than that. Yeah, we've got to shout it out for Matt because he's been big on that card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't. I mean, that could still see some play, but I, I doubt it. I mean, if you're making big mana, if you're, if you're playing rap, like putting out lots yeah. of mana, then Crassus is great. But if you're cheating, stuff and even out, some of the top end, even some of the Delirium top end, something like Liliana, mm-hmm. uh, the, the five drop Liliana or Atarka, I would love to play in Delirium, but. It's going to go towards Emrakul instead just because that's the option we have. Like, if we see mo- less of, like, you know, like the, the cheating out big guys decks, you know, like Marvel and whatnot, then maybe we'll mm-hmm. see a lot of those X mana creatures back. You know, like, what was the Genesis Hydra? Yes, so Genesis Hydra is a very strong card, but again, if our best ramp deck is Marvel. So, so you're kind of moving topics. So you're kind of yeah. saying Marvel's keeping some things down? Yeah, Would that was on my agree list. With that Sorry. Or disagree. Yeah, my, I think so. Okay, I can see that. I don't think that it's too oppressive. Um, I especially, if I were to go for a ban on Marvel, I don't think it would be because it's oppressing other decks out of the format. I would only say because there's a high level of variance in it, um, which naturally makes it a little bit unfun for people. Yeah. So I think that people shy away from that 
people didn't like it in standard because of that. Mm-hmm. And that would be a reason that I would be against Marvel, but yeah. I don't see it quite as much as keeping decks down. It's like turn four Ulamog, turn four Emrick was just not fun. Not I suppose, yeah. I, I do think, you know, if I want to say, oh, yeah, I've got a fun ramp deck, and then we go, yeah, but you could just be casting Marvel Everyone. two turns earlier. Everyone says that to me all the time. Oh, I want to play this card. Yeah. And you're like, oh, just, just play Marvel. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely think that's holding back. Like, I mean, not only uh, the the big creatures, other big creatures not seeing play, but cards like Explosive Vegetation, Our Promise, um, you know, maybe even like Dubious Challenge or Indomitable Creativity. All those cards might, you know, see some play in like a Jank mm-hmm. deck. Even Carnage Tyrant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, and it's also it's weird because there's some things that the fact that Emrakul is a cast trigger. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm kind of getting back to Emrakul. The fact that it's a cast trigger means that it's less powerful to do things like to cheat it into play. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of getting rid of some of the fun cheat things into play cards that are, would be played in the format. Yeah, because your best target isn't as good when you're just playing it naturally. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Next. I'm going to move on to another card which actually isn't seeing very much play right now. So maybe it's not the best on this list, but Gideon. Yeah. I mean, he's seen a lot of play in past standards. Mm-hmm. Or, sorry, past... Uh, he's seen play in a lot seasons. of past Frontier formats. Yeah. yeah. So he... uh, But he's definitely high on my list of cards that I've looked at other cards before, and I've said, oh, I can't play that because Gideon is in that spot. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not so much that he's... I mean, he's really good. He's not oppressive. You know, he protects mm-hmm. himself, which is nice. He pawns people's up, which is nice. He's a great card to have against control. But, uh, yeah, there's other cards that we could be playing instead of him. You know, for example, in some kind of Planeswalker deck or, you know, in some kind of uh, aggressive build. So what mm-hmm. what cards? Would... I would love to be playing things like Soren. I would yeah. love to be playing... There's a lot of token makers which are interesting. There's that guy who makes, like, two dudes when he attacks... He's like a 3-3 three, three, or 4-4. Four, four. Mm-hmm. There's, um, what's his name's expertise? Sram's expertise. Yep. Uh, there's even, well, what's the spell that doubles your tokens? Um, ooh, 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 the uh, Anointed Procession. I, mean, I was just testing this card. Yeah, Anointed Procession. Yeah. Things like that. E- even Karn, you know, it gets yep. kept down some because there's other things. You could just be playing more Gideons in that spot. I mean, I think Karn's a great card. Uh, he hasn't seen any play, yeah. though. Maybe some people try playing him in the blue red uh you know artifact deck with like insole artifacts mm-hmm. but outside of that he doesn't see any play yeah he was good in there he seemed pretty limited play i would agree uh i think the biggest deck where gideon was keeping other things from being played is in the vehicles decks mm-hmm. so mardu vehicles could be playing something like pia and kieran nalar but mm-hmm. it doesn't because it could just play another copy of gideon yeah um things like I don't know, I know there's other fun four or five, six drops that I've liked to play, and I'm like, well, it could also be another Gideon. I could play Tassiger, or I could play another Gideon. I could play uh, Zahid, the the genie that you can play for yeah. four, or I could play another Gideon. So, like, it, it kept other things from seeing play in those decks. Maybe not as much right now, but when those decks were popular, it was definitely a card that was uh, keeping other things away. Do you think that Ajani's, any of the Ajani's would be playable if we didn't have Gideon? Like, Adversary of Tyrants or Johnny Steadfast? Yeah, that's definitely a good one. I think the the new one especially should almost get there, but you're playing a four-drop Planeswalker, you might want it to be Gideon. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about Soren's Solemn Visitor, right? The four-mana one. 
Yeah, I mentioned that one as well. But you were talking about that one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not drop. the six drop. Yeah. I was talking about the four drop yeah. one. I mean, if he sees play, he sees play as a one-off because you're mostly playing other Gideons instead. Yeah. Yeah, so I could totally see without playing without Gideon. Hmm. Okay, my turn. Next. Um, collected Company. I think it's played in a lot of aggro decks and there's not a lot of how do i say there's there's not a lot of uh what's the right word i'm looking for so i i think that there's just not a lot of creativity hmm. uh when when people are building like aggro decks everyone wants to build a deck that has green in it that they can use collective company to get creatures out of. okay I don't know if you would agree. Uh, so I, I like, I don't know if I agree. I like Coco, although I kind of fit, you know, I've talked about how I like the fact that Collected Company and Copter pull from each other. So you're not going to be a Collected Company and a Copter deck. You're going to be one or the other. Mm-hmm. I like that there's a few options at that power level. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm definitely a huge fan of Coco being the format. And I think it enables some interesting decks, which aren't really that overpowered. You know, we don't have any infinite combos off of Coco no. like Modern does. So. But, you know, Bat Humans is really strong, as well as uh, mm-hmm. Green Black Elves. You know, We've been seeing Spirits played. Yeah, Spirits as well. So, I mean, it's not overpowered, but I think it, it could lead to some more uh, variety if, if we... So you just think people will depend on it a little bit too much? Yeah, I mean, like, for example, you know, we were toying around with Eldritch, Eldritch Evolution, you know, a few months ago, and Vanifar just came out, so, like, a new kind of pod deck maybe might be viable... There's See the Unwritten, um, you know, that we kind of played around before. So, like, people might just go bigger instead of thinking of smaller, instead of stopping at three mana. Hey, let's play as big as we want. Um, and another one that I think is kind of sad that I never really saw play is Dubious Challenge. Everyone <laughs> yeah, tried to get it to work. Yeah, I think you brought this up before. So it's, like, four mana, and you can look at – you exile the top ten cards of your library, and you put one into play, or you, put, you, you have your opponent choose one, and they put that into play. And then you mm-hmm. put the other one in play on your side. Yeah, I think there's now. I think there's actually some good brewing prospects for that. So I'm going to be working on that in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I know you've thought about it. Uh, I haven't been able to get anything, get anywhere brewing that. But uh, let me know how it goes. Yes, I already got to start. It's delicious. Can't wait to share right. it. I mean, I've got the yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. The only one I can think of is the guy who brings back the people who are. Uh, under your control yeah or uh, everything you own yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) so i'm going to move on to another one which i think is an important Mm. one to talk about which is soulscar mage and i have a slash monastery swift spear Mm. i considered these okay but i wasn't totally sure if they were like the big problems in those decks or not so i think so i think that well i kind of want to talk about this in two ways first i want to talk about this as are they keeping other cards from seeing play because these cards exist? Mm-hmm. And I think the answer to that is probably yes. I think that there's other good red drops that are now not seeing play. You know, we don't see any of the Lightning Berserker. We uh-huh. don't see as much as... I, I really don't see Zergo anymore. Yep, yep. I'm not seeing... Um, I, I think that there used to be... What is the goblin who gets plus one, plus zero every time you play a red creature? It's a... Uh, some street in Ravnica that I can't remember the name yeah, of. <laughs> tin Street or something. No, yeah, it's not the Tin Street, but uh, yeah, 
I'll get it in a minute, probably. So, yeah, I think goblins in general isn't really seeing play because Monastery Swift Spear and Soul Scar Mage aren't a goblin. Yeah. And that, that kind of hurts. Yeah, the whole goblin tribal strategy probably is just being held back because of those two cards. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even before even before Soul Scar existed, I said, like, yeah, you know, I'd be playing goblins if uh, Monastery Swift Spear was a goblin. Mm-hmm. So until we get something comparable or these are banned, yeah, I'm not going to see uh, goblins, really. I mean, like, if we got Goblin Guide, then we just still just put in a Tarka. We wouldn't replace a Soul Scar Mage. Yeah. Um, as far as other... Where it sits in the format... So this is kind of moving on to sort of our next topic. Uh, we can still talk about more, but... If there's a problem card right now, like you were saying, hey, is Copter the problem with a Tarka? I think Soul Scar is the problem with Atarka right now. Mm. I think that the deck has been too consistently powerful. If there's any deck right now that I would see targeting, it would be Atarka. Uh, it ha- it's definitely warping the meta that Atarka mm. is so strong. There's a lot of good ones. And one in drops. that deck, I think Soul Scar is the biggest problem with it. Yeah, one is the consistency. The fact that you've got Soul Scar plus Swift Spear, you're almost always going to have that one drop prowess creature. It's got two toughness, so a lot of one toughness. Other creatures aren't very good in the format, or even things that can't do two damage aren't very good in the format. So a lot of tokens get kind of kept down by that. And then just Soulscar's ability, it kind of upsets what the natural order should be. So the fact that you can use Soulscar to fight your way through a Siege Rhino Mm -hmm. or fight your way through, you know, anything green has on the ground, that really messes the format up a little bit. It doesn't it gets rid of one of what should be a natural predator for those kind of decks. Yeah, I would probably get rid of the Soul Scar Mage over the Swift Spear. Yeah, I, I actually think if I were to, if anything on this list could or should be banned right now, it would be Soul Scar Mage yeah. for me. Okay, my turn. So that, that's where I was going with this. Yeah, go ahead. Next one. So uh, my next choice, I hate these types of cards. I guess this could kind of be like a slash card Spell Queller mm-hmm. slash Reflector hmm. Mage. Reflector Mage, I think, is a great one. And again, you know, almost I think of tribal strategies. I'm like, man, if Reflector Mage was a spirit, I'd be playing spirits right now. Yeah. <laughs> but it's hard to play blue-white and not be playing Reflector Mage. Like, it's such a pain in the butt. Like, it, there's so many decks that people just don't play. Like, no one plays mid-range. No one plays, you know, like the fair aggro decks because Reflector Mage is just going to bounce it and you're back a turn. Yeah, that's one of those things, you know, we kind of say... I don't think it's as true anymore, but I think definitely a year or so ago, there were a lot of times I would say, well, you know, you can't play that creature because if you're against a deck that's just Reflector Mages it to your hand, mm-hmm. you're done. Yeah. Uh, I can even see some powerful cards like Lyra would probably see more play if there wasn't the chance of Reflector Mage bouncing it. Yeah, I learned that the hard way last season. Like everyone was playing mm-hmm. like Esper or, or something like that and just, oh, bounce this, bounce this, bounce this. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, so you can't really stabilize with a large Forda six drop creature like you might be able to in another format or in a lot of standard formats yeah i mean they there are other cards that they have now like the deputy of detention might be a mm-hmm. little bit fairer i think than than reflector mage you know you can kill it Yeah, at least you know you can get your tempo back by getting rid of it yeah and then like lavinia azorius renegade's kind of like a hate type card doesn't really get you a lot of good advantage but you know it helps in some situations have you played around with that deck, kind of with the four of those cards together? I, I know it's a possibility. No, I, I never. I hate blue. It myself. I hate blue. I oh, okay. <laughs> I will never play blue. Okay, uh, that's a lie. I'll play blue, but like not like counter spells and tempo. I'll just play it for, for I don't know, 
card draw for other fun things yeah all right i've got a few more things in mind and now i was kind of thinking like hmm, you know if i'm building a, a sideboard what are my cards that i always put in the sideboard and kind of replace other things i might play mm-hmm. uh the one that really came to mind for me is kalidas so good card you know powerful card isn't amazing in every situation you know that's one of those cards that's like oh i don't want to play kalidas it's going to get reflector maged yeah but if i'm a black deck and i'm against a red aggro deck i'm like oh i'm always playing Kalidas in my sideboard because it's such a oppressive card against those aggro decks definitely and and, and also you know fits in against uh like the graveyard decks as well mm-hmm. so what would you play in yeah sorry about that my headphones just came out so what... so yes the, the question there is what would i play instead hmm. i think there are other fun black cards that could be used to fight aggro um i'm trying to think of some examples maybe we would see more of Gonti. We might mm-hmm. see more of Erebos' Titan. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Maybe if, I'm the one who if plays that. For, <laughs> if you're looking for um, life gain, there's the uh, Aetherborn, right? Uh, is it Gifted Aetherborn? Or... Yeah, Gifted Aetherborn definitely sees some play, too. So that would see more play. Uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, it depends if you're, if you're looking for the life gain or if you're looking for the, uh, the graveyard hate. Yeah, it's kind of... I mean, even main deck, there are times that I'm like, oh, I can't play other black four drops because I would love to just be playing more Kalidus if I could. Mm-hmm. Uh, K- Kabal? K- what's his name? Kumbal? Kumbal, yes. Uh, Kumbal, I think, actually. They've, they're weird on Kaladesh. Um, they use a lot of U's, U noises where it should be, or it's written as other letters. So, like, he might see more play, you know, if, uh, if you didn't really need... You know, to worry about graveyard strategies, and if they're playing a lot of, you know, control, then Kumball might be good. Or if they're yeah, playing a lot of that. burn, yeah. Kind of in the same vein, I, I maybe wanted to mention Erish and Cleric is kind of the best of the cheap life gain creatures. Um, I don't know if that means it's, you know, too prevalent, but it seems to be the go-to. And I wish there was more. Oh, it would be nice to play this or this or this. Mm. And I like having options, and that's something that normally I love about Frontier. So you're talking about Cleric, you said? Yeah, Erish and Cleric. Yeah, is there anything else you could play instead of it, though? I mean, there's like... Uh, the... You know, there's the the one that gains two for each copy of it, and it's a 2-2 two, two instead. Uh-huh. Uh, there's some three drops, which are an option. Like, there's a 2-1 for three that gains you four. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about the Knight of Autumn? Um, no, there's a there's just a 2-1, that, or maybe it's even a 3-2 that gains you four. See if I can find that card at some point. <laughs> and there's a lot of those green spells too that gain you like four life or five life, or if a creature die, it gains you like ten life. Like feed the clan, yeah. Or that's a slightly different deck, so that's yeah. more you know a green deck versus I would just stick an Erishan cleric in the sideboard of my like Esper control deck. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, I don't think there's really a lot of other cards you can play in that slot. You know, against the mm-hmm. uh, aggro. Maybe if you're trying to. Slow down aggro, you could also use the authority of the consoles. Yeah, maybe. But uh, And we've seen that less, I think, because Atarka's had to Atarka's moved away from being a tokens deck mm-hmm. quite so much. So real quick, I wanted to go back to the other overused cards. Um mm-hmm. we didn't really talk about fetches, and I kind of think like fetches Ooh. kind of hold down the format as well. They kind yeah. of enable too many broken strategies, or not broken, but like overpowering strategies. See, you know, they didn't even come to my mind because I feel like they enable more than they keep out. There's a few lands that don't see play because of them, but I think that there's a lot more. 
there's a lot more strategy to see play because they have good lands than you know, there's a couple okay like maybe we'd see more of the man lands, maybe we'd see like for example, yeah, I mean the man lands could see play, yeah. we could see more of the battle lands, maybe some of the cycle lands, um you know But it's not like we have like the temples, which would be a real big incentive to want yeah. to play. But it's like you know, not fetches. So we got shocks now, and we got the fast lands, and we got pain lands. Pain lands haven't really seen any play recently. Yeah, not too much. So my thing with fetches is that there, yeah, it's not about just fixing your mana. It's about fixing your mana and also making or helping the deck just do overly powered things. Like dredge is good by itself. There's a lot of great ways for it to you know put stuff into the graveyard. And then you know mm-hmm. get it back. The, the the combo is there with Stitcher Supplier, but when you have fetches in there as well, suddenly you can kind of over not overlap, but you can kind of like layer the strategies. Now you now you're a dredge deck and you're playing Grimog Angler and and Tassiger on top of the dredge strategy. So even if someone takes out you know your graveyard with like Tormod's Crypt or something, you just swing with the five five or four five and it's game over. Yeah, I think so. And that's unfair in my in my opinion. <laughs> All right, uh, I still like that fetches are in the format. I like what they enable. Okay. Was there anything else on your um, list you wanted to talk about? You know, I had put down Tireless Tracker on my list. I thought that he's kind of just another one of those, like, oh, if I want a green creature in my sideboard to be a value creature, maybe mm-hmm. be grindier post-board, I'd play him. And if he weren't there, maybe I would look at things like Den Protector or I'd look at Nissa. Um, maybe I would look at Ramen Up Excavator, so a mm-hmm. few other things if he wasn't there instead. Ooh, I just have one more good card that I think is kind of, maybe not overpowering, but played way too much. Uh, sure. Teferi, Hero of Dominaria. Yeah. He's seen, he's he's pretty much the only Planeswalker that sees play in control decks anymore. I, I don't think that's true. I, I wouldn't want to be playing control without a copy of Liliana or two. Um but in that way, I also think there's not really many control planeswalkers other than him. So no, there's Ral- I'm, I'm Ral- happy to play him. Is it Viceroy? Well, sure, but we're, we're probably not in a four-color control yeah. deck. I mean, there's um, also... But I do play Ral. Uh, I think Obnixilis maybe falls off because of him. Mm. Nicol Bolas, like the God Pharaoh? Maybe. Sure, but that's more because he's so expensive, I think. Yeah, but these are all other... I mean, basically... In a control deck, you you want to be able to just kind of like end the game after you've like locked him down, basically, right? And what wins the game faster than a Kolbolas or an Ugin or or whatnot? But anyways, I think that was my last card. Okay, so we were going to talk just a little bit. Maybe you know we're already uh, th- that topic ended up being a lot more interesting so than we thought it was. Episode than we <laughs> thought, yeah. Because <laughs> um, I know that we, we haven't talked much lately about like how testing has been going. Do you want to just give, you know, we got maybe five to ten minutes at the end of the show here that we can talk about. How's it going? You know, we got a new season coming up soon online. Um, I don't know if you've been having the chance to play more in person, but I feel like after January happens, everyone gets more time to you know go in, try out the new cards, mm-hmm. see how things are going. How's it going for you, Ryan? Well, I think first we should kind of talk about Season 8, maybe give people some details real quick. So, uh, we Sure, what you got? So, I mean, Season eight's coming up on February 4th. Uh, if, mm. if people want to sign up for the Untap League, uh, we'll be posting you know, a list on, uh, yeah, at, the, at the end of the show in, in our notes. You can, you can follow. But we had 49 people last season. Uh, I believe... Atarka won it, or was it the four-color mid-range deck? 
last uh, season. Even. I haven't seen. I don't know if they actually did finals. Yeah. But so yeah, there's there's a lot. There was a lot of really good decks last year, and you know, with uh, the new set out, you know, Ravnica Allegiance, I think hmm. we're going to see a lot of new strategies. So I'm, I'm. So yeah, now let's talk about what you're excited about. What's what's been working? So I don't know if I want to be a pessimist here, but I'm a little scared of the format right now. I feel like it's been speeding up like it never has before. Creature wise, so Atarka is just huge right now. It just got some great new cards. So there's a lot of ways that Atarka could be built. It's something I want to talk about on the show soon. Mm-hmm. Is you know Red has gotten a lot of new options soon. They have a lot of options for reach. Um, as an actual card draw, so, and I'd like to talk about that soon. Light up the stage, but I think that, yeah, light up the stage. You know, there's experimental frenzy. Mm-hmm. There's treasure cruise is a lot more playable now. Uh, there's yeah. risk factor. So oh, a lot of different cards yeah. that are kind of competing for the same slots. So I, I'd like to talk about what the best way to build a Tarka is, but that's not for this episode. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. But agree. what I'm saying is that I think it's been growing and growing in MetaShare. I think that it's forcing some more things out, and I think that the decks that are competing with it are also speeding up the format. So I've been seeing more combo decks and more quick combo decks. So I think that the turn four, turn five decks are really going to be taking over the format, and I'm I'm a lot less interested in anything that can't win by turn four or five. Like Jeskai Ascendancy um, or Sahili Combo? Or... Yeah, so Jeskai Ascendancy, Sahili Combo, I think Marvel, I think Rally, I think Turbo Fog. Mm. I think some of those decks, I mean, you know, that's not technically turn four, but it can win turn four mm-hmm. in theory. Yeah, Turbo Fog sounds miserable to play against. <laughs> it's a lot of fun to play. Yeah. I have to think of a way to beat Turbo Fog if I have to, you know, sideboard against it and I'm playing like an aggro deck. Mm-hmm. But uh... yeah, um, Discard is really good against the deck. Mm-hmm. Counter spells are quite good against the deck. But if there's not a deck with Discard and Counterspell, it can get a little dicey. Mm-hmm. I think we get a lot of really good green creatures now. Uh, I'm really looking forward mm-hmm. to you know, trying out some green decks. Uh, okay. I think uh, you know we got like an Aristocrats card, you know, and Judith. And I, mm-hmm. I think that could be a lot of fun to play with Zulaport. Yes, so I don't, definitely. I don't know I if I want to... That. That's gotten strong. Oh, yeah, the other one I didn't mention is that Dredge, I mean, in the format. So you've got a Dredge, a Tarka, and a whole lot of combo is kind of what I'm seeing as the, the meta share right now. So hopefully other people are having success with other things, a little bit slower things. But those are what I'm really looking at right now. Yeah, it's like if you're playing some kind of mid-range deck, I think you kind of you have to have some kind of control aspect to it. Yeah, mid-range would be scary for me right now. If I were to do a slow deck, I'd want to be all the way onto control. Really? I mean, it's possible. I mean, like like the Grixis and the Sultai and whatnot. Like, those can not really be one hundred percent controlled and and still do all right. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to play like uh, the Scarab God or something, or or like the four mana. Yeah, I suppose that's defensible. I mean, I was just playing a Grixis deck, and I I didn't really have. I had one counter spell in the main deck. I was tapping out a lot, playing creatures, you know, playing Bolas mm-hmm. and Gifted Aetherborn, yeah. Jace, things like that. Yeah. Not quite really control. So, you know, I did have success with that. Maybe I shouldn't be so pessimistic, but I'm afraid of the speed that the format's going. Um, it, it's getting a little scary. I, I'm hoping a target gets taken down a peg sometime soon. Well, we have gotten a lot of, like, life game decks recently in the format. Or, I mean, not life, sorry, not life game decks, life game cards. 
They have them printed. Yeah, they haven't really pieced together for me for a life gain deck, but I would love it if they did. But otherwise, what we need, we need something like uh, Kitchen Finks to just be printed and to just, mm-hmm. you know, eat Atarka's lunch. Yeah. Yeah, we're getting close. Maybe next se- next season, you know, we'll be able to, like, mm-hmm. finally, you know, make uh, Atarka a fair deck. I think there are cards out there, though. Okay. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm. All right. So, anything else in the format that you're really looking forward to looking at? Uh, like I said, I got some delicious jank in in the works. So, <laughs> all right. I look you forward know, to sharing that, that in the future. Me and, uh, me and Matt have actually been talking a lot more. Yeah, you know, I can talk about some of the silly things I've been doing. You know, I've played some really weird cards lately. I've played some paradox engines lately. Yeah, like right before I played I, some. Uh... <laughs> I was gonna say right before I got online with you, I was like, "Oh, this is great! I think Kevin would love this." So. people have tried before but i think it finally works all right so next week hopefully we will get that person on to finish our timmy spike johnny series so we'll talk maybe some atarka then uh if not we will try and have that soon and we'll talk some more about the fun things we've been testing or some other interesting frontier topics so if you guys know of anything you'd like us to talk about reach out to us at twitter mtg frontier and mtgfrontier.net is our website as always and you can find me on Twitter at Yoshwanky, or you can uh, find my website at www.thejapanhobbyist.com. Thank you, and good morning, Ryan. Good night, everyone else. As always, this was Magic the Final Frontier, and we look forward to being your go-to source for frontier information online. Your Final Frontier, signing off. (laughs) 